Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Let's look at Galatians, the book of Galatians, chapter 5, and verse number 1. In the King, King James, it says this, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Bondage is a yoke. It holds you. It restricts you. It, it holds you in captivity and won't let you move and function. Maybe God's gifted you, but it holds you in a place where you cannot express who God has called you to be. You're not able to flow in the Spirit. You're not able to hear the voice of God the way that you need to because you are restricted. But the Bible says, stand fast in the liberty. Stand fast in the freedom that Jesus Christ brings to you. And you know, that reminds me of the book of Ephesians chapter number 6. There he tells us to stand our ground against the devil, against principalities and powers. We're to stand our ground. We're not to be pushed back. We're not to be trampled underfoot, but we're to put our foot on the neck of the devil and demon powers and stand our ground. And when you stand your ground, there's no powers in hell that can move you. Storms of life come. Difficulties come. But you will not be moved if you build your house upon the rock. Isn't that what the Bible says? The Bible says there were two people. One person built their, uh, their house upon the sand. And another person built their house upon the rock. The storms came. The same storm came to both people in both locations, but one was able to stand. Now, don't you know that the one was built upon the rock? There might have been a little bit of swaying. There might have been a little bit going on there to make uh, fear or intimidation come. But bless God, when you build your house upon the rock, the enemy cannot take you over. But you see, if you build your house upon the sand, what is sand? Man's way of thinking, the way your, your opinion, what you think it ought to be, but that's what sand is. But the rock is the rock of Jesus Christ, the rock of the Word of God. And that's what we have to build our house upon. But he says, stand fast in this liberty because Jesus Christ has set you free. And stand in that freedom. And he said, don't be entangled again. You see, sometimes we get tripped up and we get tangled. You know, the other day I was out uh, my daughter and I, and we were out for a walk in our neighborhood. And as I went for a walk, we had our, uh, we had our dog, Maggie, with us. Maggie the Beagle, such a preci precious little dog. And we had her on the leash. And, I mean, she was after every car. And she was after every person. I, I mean, people think she's uh, really vicious, but she's just a little precious baby, you know. Really, she is. That's the way we treat her, like a little baby. But uh, the, before I knew it, she had gone around. Lauren had had her on the leash, and she had gone around. She started circling my legs, and I got tangled up. I thought I was just going to fall over right there. And you see, that's the way it is sometimes. Things just happen, and we get, uh, you know, circled about with all kinds of demonic influences and the circumstances of life. And before we know it, we're about ready to topple over. 
over. But he said, stand fast in your liberty, in your freedom that Jesus Christ paid such a supreme price for. Stand fast and don't be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. There's so many bondages out there to try to take us out and try to hold us back and try to tie us up. I like what the Amplified Bible says of Galatians 5.1. In this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Stand fast then and do not be hampered and held ensnared and submit again. I like that. Don't submit again. See, it takes something on our part to submit to what the enemy wants to do through traps and entanglement. Don't submit to it. See, there's tests on every side, but we don't have to submit. And he said, and uh, do not be hampered and held ensnared and submit again to a yoke of slavery, which you once put off. See, you put on Christ and you put off the old man and you put off uh, the bondage of the enemy, but you put on Jesus Christ who liberates and brings freedom into your life. Now, in maintaining your freedom, there's some things I want to talk to you tonight about and things we need to know about standing fast in that freedom that I've been sharing with you. In the book of Colossians, and you can turn there just, you know, just uh, over there just a little bit, past Galatians. Colossians chapter number 2. And verse number 14 and 15, what I want to talk to you tonight uh, about is the power of Jesus setting you free to maintain your freedom. And in verse number 14 of chapter 2, it says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Now, what he's saying here about the blotting out of the handwriting of the ordinances that were against us. Do you know that means that Jesus banished the record of our sin? He destroyed the record of our sin. You see, there were ordinances that were against us that said, on thus and such a time, so and so did this and that, and they're sinners and see, there was a record. And when Jesus came, he banished the record of your sin and my sin. Isn't that great? Hallelujah. No longer do we have a record. Do you know, you, you can get on the computer and you can find out who's got a record. And, you know, you, you hear so much about the uh, sexual predators and all that kind of, you get on there and you can see who's got a record. Those people need to be found out. But, you know, other people, they have records against them. They committed this crime or that crime. And, and, you know, some people, you know, they want to keep bringing it up and bringing it up and bringing it up. But do you know the devil cannot bring up what you've done legitimately because the record has been banished? Now, he's the accuser of the brethren. There's no doubt about that. And he will accuse us all the time of what we've done. But you know what we ought to do when he comes to accuse us? We ought to just say, what are you talking about? That's under the blood. I don't have a record. Jesus banished my record. So if you're going to maintain your freedom, you need to know that Jesus cleared your record. 
Amen. He cleared your record. It was contrary to us, and he took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. All the sin that I committed and you committed when he went to the cross, it was nailed to the cross when Jesus was nailed to the cross. And it died. And it's dead. And not to be remembered anymore. The Bible says our sin, as far as the east is from the west, never to come together. Never to join us again. Never to catch up with us. It's away. It's banished. Amen. And we need to understand that if we're going to stand fast in our freedom. That's the number one thing I want to talk to you about tonight. We're going to go on over into some other things. But we are no longer guilty. We are no longer guilty. Condemnation is of the enemy. And we have to stand against the condemnation. And we have to stand against the unworthy feeling. Feelings. Do you understand me? In the emotional realm, you know, uh, the enemy knows how to get to us because our emotions can run wild. But nevertheless, if you're going to maintain and stand fast in your freedom, you need to understand, I need to understand, that record that was against me doesn't even exist anymore. I don't care if it was yesterday. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness if you confess it to him. Now, see, you got to confess it to get it out of your life. you got to speak it out. You've got to admit it. See, if you hide your sin, be sure it will find you out. You can't hide it. You talk to God about it. And you don't have to talk to anybody else. You talk to him. So remember this, that Jesus Christ has banished your record he canceled out the debt that was against you. We couldn't pay that debt. It was a debt so large that we couldn't pay it. But he gave his life. He paid the supreme price and gave his life. Amen? I want you to turn with me to 3 John. 3 John in chapter number 3 and verse number 8. He that commits sin is of the devil. Well, okay, I must be of the devil because I sin. No, you need to study that out a little bit more. That really, that word committeth means habitually or has a lifestyle of sin. A person who has a lifestyle and habitually sins, I don't care if they say they know God, they don't. Because he said it here. They're of the devil. I didn't say it, he did. I'm just preaching it. I'm reporting to you tonight. If a person likes living in sin and they habitually commit sin, then there's a, a good chance that they do not know the Lord. And see, that's good. We need, we need to understand that. But, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm sorry for sin. I sin and I mess up. I try, you know, not to, uh, to do it all the time, but I'm just like you. We're human and we do mess up. That's why we needed Jesus. But when we love the Lord, we try to keep his word. We try to live the right kind of life, not a lifestyle of sin. You know, the world will say, live any way you want to, and then speak out of this side of your mouth that you love Jesus. Oh, I'm a Christian, and I'm born again. And living so far from the Bible, 
And see, this is being accepted today in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's being accepted. You can live any old way that you want. For the devil sins from the beginning. And we know about that. We know about his sin. Sin of pride, sin in the garden, tempting man. And it says, for this purpose, because the devil sinned and because of lifestyles of sin and habitual sin, listen to this, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. I like what Adam Clark says about destroying the work of the devil. That word destroys. He talks about a connection that is severed. You see, before we come to the Lord and, and uh, before we're born again, we're connected to the devil because there's two families, the family of God and the family of the devil. Two, two, and that's all. Well, you know, I don't, I don't serve the devil, but I, don't, uh, I haven't accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord. It, you didn't have to choose. It was chosen for you. You don't make Jesus the Lord of your life. Satan is your God. He's the God of this world. Isn't that what the Bible says? He's the God of this world. It's the God of this world that blinds the minds of people, that keeps them from receiving Jesus Christ. And he blinds the minds. Amen? And so what Adam Clark says is that connection that the devil has in our life, when Jesus comes into our life, when Jesus was there, he severed the connection. He gave the opportunity for man to come to the Lord and get connected to the right source. Get connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. Get connected to the life-giving source, Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father. Amen? And it says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested. He came in the earth to destroy the works of the devil. And so I want to tell you to maintain and stand your freedom. You need to understand that your record has been clear. And the attachment and the connection that the devil had in your life is no longer there unless you give it to him. Amen? It's been severed and disconnected. Amen? Now... I want to talk to you about the second thing to remember when you're maintaining your freedom, and it's to uh, continually uh, stand fast in using the name of Jesus against the bombardments that come to you. I remember when I began to learn about the power in the name of Jesus, and it brought such freedom and such liberty to me when I knew that there was a name that I could use, and when I call upon that name, heaven and earth would begin to move. Because when I call on the name of Jesus and you call on the name of Jesus, it's not like anybody calling on the name of Jesus because you have and I have a special connection to God because we are born again believers. And we have the right to use the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me to Ephesians 2. We're probably going to be turning a lot, but that's all right. Ephesians 2 and verse number 20. 
which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world which is to come. Now here he's saying that this name that... Jesus has that's been given to him, it's above every name. It's above the name of torment. It's above the name of drugs and alcohol. It's above the name of sin. It's above the name of abuse. It's above the name of being a victim. It's above the name of everything you can think of, the name of Jesus. And when you use that name, heaven and earth are at attention. The angels are at attention when you use the name of Jesus because there's power in that name. It's not like anybody else's name. It's not a name. Maybe like yours and mine, maybe we got names and nobody knew what those names meant. But the name of Jesus was chosen, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And there's power in that name. Amen? Now, as you look in the Bible, in Matthew 16, we're not going to turn there. In my name, you will cast out the devil. That word cast out means deal with. In my name, the name of Jesus Christ, you will deal with the devil. When he comes into your life, deal with him through using the name of Jesus. And people may call you fanatic. They may make fun of you or whatever. But I'm telling you, I'm talking about the name of Jesus. I'm singing about the name of Jesus. I'm praying in the name of Jesus. You know, I hate it when we have sporting events and all this. And I, you know, and if I were in that position, I guess, you know, and I've been asked to pray, I guess you'd have to do what they ask you to do. But it always bothers me when the people can't use the name of Jesus. Why do they tell them don't use the name of Jesus? You know why? Because there's power in the name. Yes. And it casts out the devil. And so let's don't talk about the name now. Let's just talk about God. Let's just talk about, well, yes, let's talk about God. But you can't talk about God without talking about his son, Jesus Christ. And you can't talk about Jesus Christ without talking about the power of God who is the Holy Spirit. Oh, let's don't get talking about the Holy Spirit now. The Holy Ghost. Let's don't talk about the Holy Ghost. Woo! Spooky. Yeah. Come on in, Holy Ghost. That's what I've got to say. Do something with this mess that we've made. <laughs> Amen. So in that name, we're to deal with demon powers. Wherever you find them, you don't have to go looking for them. They're around everywhere. But wherever you are and they are, deal with them through the name of Jesus. Amen? Luke 10, 17 says, Even devils are subject to us. How? Through thy name. You see, it was so wonderful because uh, Jesus said, Now I'm going to leave. I'm not going to be here with you, but it's more expedient or it's more profitable for you when I go because the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is going to come. Amen? And when the Holy Spirit comes to the earth, you're going to be able 
to do feats in my name. You're going to be able to deal with the devil. You're going to be able to say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. You're going to be able to say, in the name of Jesus, release those people and let them go. You're going to be able to say, in Jesus' name, you get out of my house. In Jesus' name, you get out off of my business. In Jesus' name, you leave my kids alone. In Jesus' name, whatever the case may be. You've got the name of Jesus that you can use. And so he said here, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. See, the devils were subject to Jesus. The devils were, a sub, were subject to the apostles. But this was the 70 that were not of the apostles. So don't give me that stuff. It passed away because you better rightly divide the word of God. And there were lots of people that used the name of Jesus after the apostles. And power was given for them to use the name of Jesus and do the works of God. Amen? So we need to remember that when we're uh, standing steadfast in our freedom, that we have the name of Jesus. Now, the third thing to maintaining our uh, freedom in the Lord, uh, maintaining that freedom is the blood of Jesus. How powerful is that blood? Oh, the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. The blood defeated the enemy. Do you know the Bible says that, that Jesus going to the cross, it was a hidden mystery or secret from the enemy because if the devil had known what was going to happen when Jesus was crucified and shed his blood, he would have never done it. God pulled it over, didn't he? He's got one way to do it. So we need to understand the power of the blood and we need to plead the blood of Jesus Christ. We need to use the name of Jesus. We need to understand that our sins have been removed and the record has been banished. And we need to understand that we have the right and privilege to plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Revelation 12, 11 that we sang about this morning. Wasn't that a powerful song that we sung? We need to sing that some more. And they overcame him, who? The devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. See, you've got a testimony, and the testimony was Satan had you bound, but Jesus set you free. <laughs> Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Glory, hallelujah. Remember that old song we used to sing? Glory, hallelujah. Jesus set me free. All we have to do is start singing that, and demons are like this. Don't sing that anymore. There's power in the blood. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You've got a testimony. Use your testimony. You can overcome the devil by your testimony. You get in a hard spot. You get in a difficult situation. You just start telling somebody your testimony. How Jesus saved you. What he delivered you from. How he set you free and how he's changed your life. You'll overcome. Amen. And you overcome by the blood of the lamb. Amen. Praise God. 
The fourth thing, and I'm going pretty quickly here through these. I'm not going to take a lot of time to elaborate. The fourth thing in maintaining your freedom in the Lord is when you're attacked, fight back with, it is written. The book of John 8.32 says, You shall know and understand the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The knowledge and understanding of the truth will set you free. You know what? I've got Bibles all over my house. I've got a Bible just about in every room. And I'm going to tell you, as long as that Bible stays on the bookshelf, laying on the table or wherever, it, it really it doesn't do a whole lot for me. But when I pick it up and I begin to read it and I begin to see who I am in Christ Jesus and I begin to see what God has done for me and I begin to speak what he's done for me and I begin to share what God has done for me, there's power in that. There's power in the written word. So when you're attacked, you're to speak the word of God. Look in uh, Luke uh, chapter 4. You're going to get to turn a lot tonight. We're doing a Bible lesson. You know the story in verse number 1. I'm not going to read all of this, but uh, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. See, he had to go through testing during that time. And he was fasting 40 days and he was being tempted by the devil. In verse number three, and the devil said unto him, if thou be the son of God, command this stone that it be, may be made bread. See, tempting Jesus at every turn. Do you not think that it's the same way with us today? Well, you believe in that healing. You believe in that prosperity. You believe that Jesus set you free, but look at your life. See, it's the same way. We cannot look to our circumstances. We've got to look to the author and finisher of our faith. We've got to look to the Lord and we've got to look to the word of God and build our house upon the rock. But Jesus answered him and said, when he told him, just make the, the stone. If you've been fasting for 40 days, and you might be tempted to turn the stones into bread. Don't you think? You'd be pretty hungry at that point in time, I would think. But Jesus didn't get tempted by it to the point of overthrow. But Jesus answered him, saying, it is written. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. In other words, as you read about this down here, you see at every turn when the enemy came to tempt him, he came back with, it is written. It is written. It is written. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you want to maintain your freedom, you need to get to the point where you can go to the Word of God when the enemy starts the attack, when life starts getting you tied up and chained up, where you say, it is written. How long are you going to have to do that? You're going to have to do it as long as you're on this earth. When you get to heaven, I don't know what we'll do. But right now, you better use, it is written. Because the Bible says that the Word of God is the sword of the spirit and you want to hack up the enemy you want to cut him up you want to stab him and that's how you're going to do it with the word of God wound him and you're going to get your shield of faith and it's going to protect you from the fiery darts of the enemy you got to believe God for some things and then you've got to speak out of your mouth with a sword 
Your words are like a sword to that supernatural side of the enemy. Amen? Now listen to this in verse, verse number 6. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give to thee, and the glory of them, for that it is delivered unto me, and whomsoever I will give it. Now, I like what the Good News Bible says. It says this, All this power and all this wealth has been handed over to me, and I can give it to anyone I choose. In other words, he's saying, it's been, Who gave it to the devil? Adam in the garden just handed it over to him just handed it over to him the temptation came and he handed it over well see the test was coming to the last Adam and the last Adam was standing there and the devil was saying look all this belongs to me everything you see all the wealth it's mine it was given over to me it was handed and put in my hand and now I'm going to give it to you if you'll just do what I say, <laughs> if you'll just worship me, and what did Jesus say? Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only will thou serve. I'm telling you, we need to be speaking that. Get behind me, Satan. When the devil comes whispering those things that he tries to entangle our life with and tie us up and chain us up and restrict us, get behind me. Well, those people don't like me. They're against me. Well, you know what? There's always going to be somebody that doesn't like you, that they're against you. I'm against it. I'm against it. We've been in church life, Brother Henry Shirley, you know, for years, and that's what you hear. I'm against it. I'm against it. I'm against them. <laughs> Get that preacher. Let's have a fried preacher for lunch today. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Amen. But we need to speak and we need to say, get behind me, Satan. I'm not receiving your lies. I'm not receiving your intimidation. I'm not going to be paranoid. I'm not going to think everybody's out to get me. I'm going to think everybody loves me. Everybody loves me, and everybody is for me. If God be for me, who can be against me successfully anyway? You see, you run into people like that all the time. They never can do anything because they're always thinking somebody doesn't like them. There's always going to be people who don't like you. Just act like everybody loves you and go on. And he'll make your enemies to be your friends. <laughs> Isn't that right? In Psalms 138, verse number 2, it says, For thou hast magnified or exalted thy word above thy name. Now think about it. We already talked about the power in the name of Jesus and how that the name of Jesus was above every name. But here he's saying, It is written, the word of God is above the name. Now that's a powerful truth. And so when we use the name of Jesus and we use the word of God, what a great power that is released in the earth. Amen. Psalms 103 and verse number 20. Bless the Lord, you his angels, and excel in strength that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. We have to put in our hearts the word of God and speak it out. 
the angels hearken unto the voice of the word of God. In other words, you want your angels to be working for you? Every one of us have an angel. Hebrews tell us we have those that have been sent forth to minister for us who are heirs of salvation. Every one of us have angels. I'm going to tell you, angels, uh, uh, their hands are tied, so to speak. They just stand there because we're not speaking out the Word of God, and it is written like Jesus did. When the angels hear the Word of God coming out of your mouth, it, they don't, it's like Jesus speaking. It's like the Father speaking. When you speak the Word of God, there's power released and angels go to work for you. Now, you know, some people have more angels than one. But we know that every one of us have one angel. I know that God has given me an angel when I pray. I, I remember it's been some years ago and I was in a time of prayer and fasting and the Spirit of the Lord came to me and, and told me, I've given you an angel. It's, it's like a warring angel to help me in prayer. And so when I pray, I'm getting connected. My angel is there with me. And that angel is a big dude. <laughs> I, I saw the angel. I saw a part of it when, when I knew that he came. And I saw his knees, and I saw the gold uh, on him, on his legs. It scared me <laughs> tremendously. <laughs> but now I'm not afraid anymore because I know that God gives us angels to help us and to assist us, but they help and assist based on what we speak. If we're speaking how we're bound, if we're speaking how we can't make it, if we're speaking that we're failing, if we're speaking those kinds of things, we don't get the assistance and the help that we need. I don't know about you, but I want the name of Jesus. I want the blood of Jesus. I want the word of God. I want the angels. Anything that God can do to help me, Lord, give it to me. <laughs> give it to me. Isn't that right? Amen. In Corinthians, it says, I believe and therefore I speak. You believe what you see and you speak what you see. There's power in in what you speak. What you speak, there's power. And especially if it's the Word of God. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. You can speak life, which is, it is the Word, it is written. You can speak life or you can speak death. It's up to us to choose. Isn't that the truth? I want to choose life. The fifth thing in maintaining and standing fast in your freedom is to rule your thoughts and your mind. You see, we prayed this morning. I'm trying to give you truths, and I'm going through it really quickly, you know, and we're not taking a lot of time on each one. But when the anointing comes and destroys the yoke, annihilates and grounds to powder, the yokes that are and bondages that are upon our life. We've got to understand that we need to maintain that place that we, uh, the territory that we took and the place that we've come to. We need to maintain. Amen. And one of the ways, again, is by ruling your thoughts and your mind. Second Corinthians, chapter number ten. Verse number 
and verse number three. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, isn't it interesting that it says the weapons of our warfare? We are in a warfare. The warfare is the fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. The warfare is in praise and worship. What we were doing this morning in the high praises of God that are in this place, that is warfare. There are other things. But it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The weapons that we have, you don't see them with your eye. They're not so much tangible. They're spiritual. But mighty, even though you can't see them, people discredit it. Don't give it enough attention, even because you can't see it. But he goes on to say, but they're mighty through God to pull down strongholds. What are strongholds? That's prisons, prison houses. And how do you do that? By casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. See, the knowledge of God tells us the truth. And then here are the thoughts that come to us, the imaginations, the thoughts, the impressions that come to us that are against what God has said. I'll make you the head and not the tail. I'll make you more than a conqueror. You're greater than the one that's in the world because the greater one lives on the inside of you. You see, that's what God wants us to pull down the strongholds of the enemy when he comes to say, you're not going to make it. You're not worth anything. You did this and you did that and you said this. You know, you came from this family. You came from that background. And, and just any kind of thought that he wants to bombard you with, but you have to pull that down and you have to bring your thoughts into captivity. You have to capture your thoughts and bring them into subjection to the Word of God. Amen? See, it says bringing into captivity, capturing every thought to the obedience of Christ. What does God say about that thought? What does God say about what the enemy's trying to do in your mind? You see, you have to decide, what does the Lord say? Amen? We've got to say, we've got to speak when those thoughts come. We've got to do what Jesus did in that example. It is written. Whatever God says about your situation, you've got to find it. That's why we need to be students of the Word. That's why we come to church three times a week. That's why we read our Bibles. That's why we listen to teaching on TV and, and through CDs and whatever, because we want to get it into our spirit so that we can speak that it is written. Amen? Praise God. The Bible tells us that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's found in Romans 12 and 2. And I like what the Phillips translation says. It, it says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. But let God remake you so that your whole attitude of mind is changed. Isn't that good? The world wants to squeeze you into a mold. And, and the world wants to tell you, well, you're, you're a fanatic. 
You're peculiar. Yes, you're right. I'm a peculiar people. That's what the Bible says. We're kings and priests unto our God. So yes, we are different. But don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. But let your mind be renewed to think like Jesus thinks. To think the word of God. Instead of thinking, I'm not going to make it. Instead of thinking, I'm not good enough. Instead of thinking, I'm guilty and condemned. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let me tell you something. If we will speak that, we won't be weak anymore. I understand what it means to be weak. I've gone through things, and you know that just not too long ago, and I'm still going through it. I'm not through it yet, but I felt like I was so weak that I couldn't get up, and I had to have the prayers and support of the people of God, and I understand that just like this morning. We need those kind of times, but there are times when you do have to get up, and you've got to speak what you need to speak, and you can't be weak. You've got to say, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his, of his might, and you may feel like any minute that you're just going to bowl over. You're going to fall over. But you speak. It is written. You speak in the name of Jesus. You speak and plead the blood of Jesus. You speak and come against those contrary thoughts and capture your thoughts and bring them into the obedience of the word of God. Amen. We've got to stand fast in our freedom that God has given to us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. In Psalms 140 and verse number 7, O God the Lord, the strength of my salvation. What does that word salvation mean? My deliverance, spirit, soul, and body. O Lord, the strength of my salvation. Thou hast, now listen to this, covered my head in the day of battle. In a day of battle, uh, when that scripture was written, you know, uh, what would happen is they would go to take a city, they would go to take a place where people had a fortified area, and they had a, a high walls that were around the city, and they'd go up to take it. And when they go up, the people of that city would begin to bombard them and throw things off, trash off, rocks off, anything that they could get to try to hit them in the head, to try to kill them and knock them down. And you know what the uh, God's people, they'd get, they'd get something and hold it over their head as they go up. And I'm going to tell you, you put something over your head and you go into that battle. In the day of battle, he will cover your head. He will help you in your mental ability. He will help you in your emotion, emotional realm. He will help you and give you strength and, and cause you to be able to have a clear head. He will cover your head in the day of battle. When the enemy is throwing everything he can at you, you just speak, in the day of battle, he covers my head. I'm in a battle, and God, you've got me covered. You've got my head covered. Why do you think the Bible talks about in Ephesians 6, the helmet of salvation? You've got to have something over this mind, this head of ours. We've got to have some covering, some protection. People lose their minds. 
and people are bombarded with mental illness and those kinds of things. But we have the right to stand fast in our liberty and capture our thoughts and control what we allow to go on in our minds. Amen? So we're to stand uh, fast in our freedom. And uh, standing fast in our freedom means that we live pure lives, living a life of repentance, submitting yourself to the Lord, and resisting the devil. See, some people try to resist the devil without submitting to the Lord. And then some people try to resist the devil and live in sin. But that won't, that won't work. We need to try to live purely as we can, as purely as we can. We're not going to be perfect, and we don't have to be perfect. When we mess up, we've got a way of repentance through the blood of Jesus to cleanse us. Amen. But then we submit ourselves to the Lord. How do you submit yourself? That's out of James 4. How do you submit yourself to the Lord through what he tells you to do? Through uh, being obedient? Oh, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Well, he's telling you to tithe. Well, I don't know if I love him that much. <laughs> now, we wouldn't say that, but that's what our actions say. We could go on here, but we won't. So we need to stand fast in our freedom by living purely, repenting, and submitting to the word of the Lord in our life. And then we'll be able to resist the devil when he comes. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.